Princess Slayer is a full-time job, but it doesn't pay the bills. So you're telling me I'm broke? Start charging. For what? Slaying vampires. Now, let's talk rates. An all-new Buffy. <laughs> Welcome to The Shadow Men, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is Season 6, Episode 4, Blooded. We'll be talking about plot, we talk about characters, and we will be talking about the miracle of indoor plumbing, so spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after the comics, and probably other shows and movies. Time for us to stop being wiener dogs and start doing beat me pods. Hello. Hello. Welcome back yet again. Here we are for the fourth time so far this season. Who am I? My name is Kelly and I'm here with my wonderful co-host. Daniel, say hello. Hello. Daniel, my other co-host, say hello. And you know. <gasps> I really doubt it. Caught me. Big fib to cover up my sleazy affair with the Beat Me Pod. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> we are not that podcast, but we are here to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer also, like some other people do sometimes. Uh, specifically, episode four of season six, Flooded, which originally aired on October 16th of the year 2001. Written and directed, well, written and directed by Doug Petrie, but also written by Jane Espenson, so co-written. Uh, this is 15 of 23 for Jane. Last episode was the last episode, Afterlife. The next one will be uh, Life Serial. So that's the next episode. Wow. She does three in a row. Look at Jane go. Doing all the work. See Jane run. Yeah. See Jane run. <laughs> go Jane go. Uh, for writing, this is 11 of 17 for Doug Petrie. Last was Way to the World, and the next will be As You Were, which is the one that rightly comes back. Ooh, that sucks. Dun, dun, dun. And this is the first of three for directing for Doug. I thought for sure. I was like, Doug Petrie directed this episode. What? He's a writer. How could he? <laughs> that never happens. Uh, but yeah, he'll do two more, and the next one will also be As You Were. So writing and directing that one. Mm. Oh, Riley. God, I just can't wait. Um, so what happened in this episode? We start off with a lovely scene of Buffy attacking a uh, water pipe in their house. Well, well, I guess not really attacking it. She's gently tightening it. And then hilarity ensues when the all the pipes in her house explode. <laughs> and uh, things kind of just go downhill from there because not only is she dealing with the fact that, oh, my God, my entire basement's flooded. Oh, well, that'll be okay. I can just fix it with money. Oh, I don't have any money. That'll be okay. I'll go to a bank. They'll give me money. Oh, they won't give me any money. Also got attacked by a demon while I was at the bank. But that doesn't kind of matter. That's just there because it's there. Uh, who sent this demon, though? Because apparently it's a mercenary assassin demon. Okay. And only could be controlled by really powerful people, even though mercenaries historically just work for money, so I don't know why they would have to be necessarily powerful to summon him, but whatever, demon got their rules, so that's fine. Uh, turns out that he was con being controlled or uh, hired. He was hired by none other than three nerdy guys that we know and love, except for the one guy who is Andrew, who apparently is Tucker's brother. And, you remember Tucker? Um, also, apart from Warren, who we know but do not love. Right. Mm, right. Fair enough. Right. Fair enough. But yeah. None other than Jonathan Levinson, uh, giver of class protector awards, summoner of demon to, well, he didn't summon the demon, but alterer of time and space, making a, an alternate reality wherein he was super duper cool, but then accidentally creating a, ter a Terra, <laughs> a demon that attacked Terra. Remember that, guys? That was fun. Uh, Warren, who made a sex bot for 
himself and then for Spike uh, in the shape of Buffy. And then uh, Andrew. And killed his girlfriend. Not yet. Not. Not yet? Yet. He has not killed his girlfriend. They, that's a plot line in this season. No. Yeah. Never mind. Katrina's still redacted. alive for now. So and redacted has redacted in the future. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, and Andrew. Andrew is uh, Tucker's brother. Remember Tucker? Remember he's played by Brad Kane, a.k.a. Aladdin. Uh, apparently they wanted him to come back to reprise his role as Tucker, but he was busy doing, I'm assuming, Aladdin things because you just do Aladdin for the rest of your life. Anyway, we're not talking about fun facts yet. We're trying to get through the plot. And the other things that happen in this episode is uh, the demon attacks Buffy in her house and breaks the pipe again, which it was, you know, pretty funny. Also, Giles comes back. Remember Giles? Not barely. Barely. Uh, he can kind of tell that Buffy's, you know, seems to be doing well considering she came back from hell, we presume, um, but is clearly not reached that level of humanity that maybe she had before she died. Uh, and also Giles and Willow get in a fight. The end. Not in that order, necessarily. So, things about this episode. Let me tell you some of them. This is the first appearance of the trio, the aforementioned nerdy guys, sometimes referred to as the Troika, but only by fans as far as I can tell. And why that became their name, I don't know, because it's only ever referred to as the trio, I think, in show, if it's even mentioned. I don't know if they ever explicitly say that. So I think it's just like names that people had come up with. Because Troika means like a three-harnessed horse. It's like a Russian three-harnessed horse vehicle uh, or a team of people in a managerial setting. So, like three. Oh, sure. it's, it's still three, but uh, I don't know. Whatever. We're like super villains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, that, yeah, that's the first time they're on the screen and the first appearance of, of Tucker's brother, Andrew. And I'm going to have to try to call, remember, uh, why can't I remember his name is Andrew? I always just want to call him Tucker's brother. I mean, it's fair. They're the same person. Andrew is Tucker's brother. It works. But, yeah, anyway. Andrew is his own person. Is he? He is. That's why he goes evil. He's a lackey. He only does what Warren says. They're all he has lackeys. no mind of his own. Uh-uh. Jonathan stands up, rises against Warren. Lackey. And he gets killed for it by none other than Andrew, the true wow. lackey. Redacted. Reda- uh, I think I said at the top of this show pretty clearly that we're going to spoil everything always. I know. I can say what I want. The basement flooding gag, uh, apparently there were like built... Or no, sorry. The basement flooding gag was supposed to actually happen in the episode that shall not be named... Except it has to be named Doomed, which Doug Petrie also co-wrote with Marty Knoxon and David Fury. Never forget. Uh, I don't know if you remember. There's a scene where Spike is in the basement because he lives with Xander at the time. That's the episode he tries to kill himself. Uh, and they're messing with a pipe in his basement. So it was supposed to happen then. So Spike was supposed to be the one that gets all sprayed at with the water. Um, isn't that good to know? Need it last, Mr. Drippy. The periscope in the trio's lair it has that little writing on the back. It's clearly like Cyrillic letters. It's got. It looks like a TLB, PLB or something like that. Supposedly, I did not confirm this in any way, shape, or form because who has the time for due diligence? But said phonetic, phonetically, I guess in Cyrillic, it says geek. Uh, but then also, if one was to change their keyboard layout in Microsoft to the Russian setting, apparently, if you type USSR. That's what comes up. I don't know how one finds that out or if that's just some knowledge that Russian people have because they use Russian layout keyboards. Moving on. Uh, back to the floor in the basement. It's a special floor that it was waterproof. So it's basically like the bottom, the, like bottom two feet of it is an aquarium kind of like, which I mean, obviously you would have to do that prank, but I'm like prank, whatever, gag, 
scene to have all the standing water. But do you think this is a prank that's going on? This whole show is just a <laughs> it's prank. A sick prank on you. Like... Ashton Kutcher pops out of somewhere and is like, "You got pumped. You thought this was a real life. This is just a TV show. <laughs> this is a waterproof basement made especially for this sweet prank. Uh, especially." Speaking of specially making things, Doug Petrie specially made a towel for Michelle Trachtenberg oh with her name on it because she kept getting sprayed oh with God. water, obviously, during this scene. God. You know, I was thinking, I was like, man, it would be hard to act. I wonder how many times they had to do that because, like, how would you not be like, tensed up, you know, like, like anticipating the spray of water? Oh, yeah. Because, like, she does it so well. She just like, naturally is just sitting there. And she's like, wait a second. There's, like, water coming from somewhere. And then, psh, pelts in the face. It's pretty great. But she might have just not known the exact moment was going to happen every time. Anyway, I digress. There's so much more important things to say. Apparently, Anthony Stewart Head actually owns a home in Bath. So that was kind of like a wink, wink, mm. nudge, nudge. That line where he's like, I have a flat in Bath. And apparently, Bath is a pretty posh area of England. Because this Buffy message board thing I was reading that is hosted or was hosted a million years ago in the UK... Um, the guy was like, pretty rich that Giles was able to afford a flat and bath the whole time he was in Sunnydale. Okay, jokes, I guess, if you're British. Giles, are you miserable about it or just really British? The Buffy Angel meetup that does not happen on screen, which I will talk about in an Angel update that's going to be way too long for no reason in a minute. She wrote herself uh, in, she did a one-shot comic of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer original comics. Um, there's a lot of stuff and a lot of it. I mean, Jane is a writer on the show. So like you could accept it as canon, but it's not none of it's canon. But she wrote a one shot called Reunion that details what happened when they met up wherever they were in that space between the WB and UPN lot. Uh, Adam Bush, the Warren Mears fella, actor guy, uh, went so far in his nerd. I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Research. To research the role of playing a nerd, which I feel like might come naturally to that guy. He just, he's got a way about him. Uh, he learned how to play D&D for that one shot oh, of a scene where they're not really even playing D&D. Yeah. They're just sitting near a D&D board and Jonathan like just lets the dice go. But he learned how to play. And then he was like, oh. It was just basically a still frame of us in front of a board. Cool. Jonathan let some dice go. It makes it sound like he was holding the dice against their will. (laughs) He he, he finally released them. (laughs) Ah, man. So the very first ad for Once More With Feeling, or what would be later called Once More With Feeling, aired during this episode as a 20-second spot where Willow was, like, mouthing the words to something. I guess it wouldn't be Willow. It would just be Allison Hannigan because she was mouthing the words to a song that she doesn't sing. But anyway, it was touted as Buffy the Musical, not... Once warm, once feeling for the, the first ad, but that was kind of interesting. Uh, this is the last episode that Giles is knocked unconscious. And it's the first one in a long time. The last time was in season three. He's been been conscious this whole time for so many years now. This <laughs> is pretty crazy when you think about it. Well, I know I'm back in America now. I've been knocked unconscious. So I mentioned briefly that uh, one of the focal points of this episode focal points not the right word but the thing that we're dealing with is plumbing and a breakage of plumbing and you know it just really got me thinking about how grateful i am that we have indoor plumbing and that uh ours currently is working daniel i know you won't understand any of this because you don't have a full house of your your own but as as people who own a full house uh, uh, we have woes. We have worries, girl. And, uh, and you know, plumbing is one of them constantly. You know, because what happens? It seems expensive. As Buffy rudely was awakened to the fact that plumbing is expensive. Oh, yeah. So, Stacia, can you tell me, you know, just just really specifically just the history of plumbing? 
I absolutely can. Thank Wonderful. <laughs> so excited to take this journey with you. Excellent. Through the pipes of time. Yes, the pipes of time. Our journey starts back low many thousands of years ago. Wow. Our setting. <laughs> 2500 BC, the Indus River Valley, the oldest known human civilization, Mahenjo-Daro. We love this. It's modern-day Pakistan. We love this. (laughs) First town with plumbing. Thank you. Nice. Uh, For coming to my TED Talk. Where's the first Slayer? (laughs) There is a Slayer at this point? Oh, I assume. Yes. She was probably the one who laid the first pipe. (laughs) Saving the world. (laughs) Or then used it to murder a demon. Let me just talk about modern day sanitation. Saves more lives than Buffy does. I'm sorry. Either wash that neck or plant potatoes. Anyways, uh, yeah. So the um, ancient civilizations that lived in the Indus River Valley, they really did a great job when it came to plumbing. They were a big fan of having toilets in their cities. And, um, you know, Egypt was like, it's not a bad idea. I see your clay and straw pipes, and I'm going to raise you copper pipes. Mm. And, you know, our pharaohs, they're pretty rich. So we're also going to make sure that even in death, they have a great standard of living, or I guess a great standard of deathing. Um, and we're going to fucking plumb our pyramids, too. That's so intense. Yeah. So first copper pipes, ancient Egyptians. This is like 2400 BCE. And then... <laughs> We've got, like, this period for, like, a thousand years where, like, nothing's really happening. And then the Greeks are like, hey, we've got this island called Cyprus. Crete. We've got this island called Crete. I don't know why I said Cyprus. <laughs> hey, we've been there. We've been watching Bake Off. That's probably right. Oh, uh, yes. Anyways, it's, it's like a giant mountain out of the ocean. And they're like, we could use this whole gravity thing to feed waste and water downhill. And they invented the first flushing toilet. I thought you were going to say, oh my God, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say shit luge. Because you're just like, what? Why would I say shit luge? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, please keep going. What the hell? Come on, put your back into it. A watcher scoffs at gravity. Very tired. Not like a modern day toilet. They flushed it using water from a cistern. You just kind of dumped it in, and it would flush down the hill and into the beautiful Aegean Sea. And then we get to the Romans. Gotta love the Romans. They also, they were like, yeah, pipes, this is great. Aqueducts, let's do this. We're gonna put lead pipes in our cities. Even in our tiny little outposts, like this like shitty little village we've got in England. One day it'll be called London. Right now we're just gonna put some plumbing in there. It's gonna be poisonous plumbing, but it's there. Yeah. And there's this like whole idea that maybe this is the reason why the great Roman Empire fell because they were essentially poisoning themselves with lead. But like more recent research is like, nah, the reason why the Roman Empire fell has nothing to do with that. But turns out, I guess, having a septic system is, like, expensive and hard to upkeep. So once the um, Roman Empire started to dissolve, they just stopped maintaining it. Which really takes us to, you know, 19th century (laughs) London, (laughs) where uh, they've forgotten that they have Roman pipes beneath them. And so what they do is they just throw all of their waste into the street. Human excrement, animal excrement, animal parts from butchers God. and tanneries and 
if they weren't throwing it directly out into the street and possibly hitting people walking by beneath them, they were throwing it right into the Thames, which was, at the time, the most polluted river in the entire world. Gotta love those Londoners and their high rates of cleanliness. Um, <laughs> 1858, they had a two-year event called the Great Stink, or two-month <laughs> event, sorry, oh, where years. the weather was so hot that it made the smell so unbearable from the Thames that people just started fainting all over the place. <laughs> Can't handle it. And see, this is like this is a bad time for people because in addition to literally wading through human excrement, which just is across you know, the street, bad for you, <laughs> like it causes a bunch of different diseases. You got cholera, you got typhus, you got like yellow fever. All this stuff is happening. They don't understand germs yet. And what a package you are, the stink guy. They don't understand why they're getting sick. What they think is they have the miasma theory of disease, which I'm pretty sure I've talked about on this podcast before. But basically, it's the idea that humors or bad smells are what causes you to be sick. So you're a person in London. You're cooking in your kitchen, and your kitchen smells like literal human shit because someone <laughs> literally just shit right in front of your window. And although you don't understand, like, the hygiene implications of that, it smells bad, and you know, I don't want you shitting in front of my house. <sighs> so, this is happening in London. At the same time, we've got France. Oh, Louis. <laughs> oh, King Louis. He, you know, unlike previous French um, kings, he didn't really like to, like, carry his little royal party around the country and, like, view different places. Because usually the um, royalty would kind of, like, pick a palace and sit there for three months and then they'd move on. Well, Louis, he was like, you know what? Versailles is like the fucking shit. This is the be most beautiful place in the entire world, and I'm never leaving. <laughs> the problem with this is, is that generally once the royal party has moved on to a new location, the servants in that place would then do a deep, deep cleaning to try to get the smell <laughs> of mm. filthy, unwashed Europeans out of the place. Oh so that didn't happen in Versailles. They did have toilets. They had like 150 toilets. The problem is the toilets were at this point essentially a box that would need to be emptied and they wouldn't be because you would have like literally hundreds of people in the palace at any one time. So, you know, as you can imagine, when you ever have stumbled across like an un taking care of porta potty in the wild you know you don't want to you'd rather like squat behind a tree <laughs> the problem here is that they didn't have trees they just had hallways <laughs> yeah oh yeah no, so they fine. would just pop a squat in the hallway and um do their business also apparently versailles built on a really swampy area that just in general smelled bad cool. it was just like sulfurous so things terrible to try to deal with this smell everyone wore a ton of perfume people were fainting all over the place Louis the Fourteenth. he had to be like, you know what, I'm making a law that once a week we have to clean the palace and get rid of any human feces in the palace grounds. Like, he made that a law. Like, before that wasn't a standard thing we're doing. Now it is. <laughs> oh, Good old Louis, the Sun King. Anyways, so we're like... France, great example. London, great example. Like, let's do this. The pilgrims are like, we're moving out. <laughs> we are crossing the pond. We're going to the great, untouched, beautiful wilderness. And when we get there, what are we going to meet? Oh, we're going to meet indigenous populations. Well, 
you know, the, you know, Native Americans that lived here before we white Europeans came and ruined everything, you know, they were actually like very hygienic people. They bathed a lot. They took care of their business. It wasn't an issue. Smelly Europeans show up on the scene and like literally <laughs> different tribes were like, you, you got to start bathing, guys. <laughs> like if anything else, like, please, dear God, take a bath. <laughs> like I found quotes from um, different people from the Wampanoag and the Patuxic tribes that were just like, we tried so hard <laughs> to convince them. But the problem is, is that, like, we're, like, plumbing, I mean, that's not that important because our idea of cleanliness didn't have anything to do with, like, not literally shitting in front of your own house. It was more about linens. Like, you didn't have to clean your body. You were morally clean, and then you had, like, your linens that touched your body, and they would just take away any bad things. Like, oh. they'd, like, rub off on your linens, and you'd, nice. change, you'd change those, like, essentially your underwear. And the idea was you'd have, like, a little bit of your linen collar poking out around the top of your neck so that you could prove how clean you were because you'd have, like, a crisp white oh. little thing. And if you started to change colors, you'd have to switch your shirts Ugh. to show that you were clean. But you didn't have to actually wash yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we've got these other ideas. <laughs> um, so eventually... Cities like Philadelphia, Boston, Montreal, and Canada, they were like, you know what would be great? Maybe pipes. <laughs> Maybe we should have pipes. So, you know, literally thousands of years after um, people had already invented plumbing, we we're like, what if we take old logs, we haul them out, and we use that to carry water to our cities? Well, there you go. And apparently firemen really liked this because wood, it's... It's easy to drill into. So when you had a fire, you would just find the nearest log, drill a hole into it, and you'd have water to put out your fire. And then I guess they'd just fill the hole with animal fat and keep moving. Interesting. So that's basically most of my fun facts about the history of plumbing. Um, We used lead pipes, galvanized steel pipes, and copper pipes um, basically until... World War II, when we ran out of metal, and also we started to realize that lead is bad for you. Um, And now, majority of plumbing is done using PVC plastic pipes because they're cheap, they're accessible, and they're easy to use. So, I'm confused why in, you know, early to mid-2000s, Buffy's house needs a full copper repipe. Yeah, that's a good good point. Instead of PVC? Yeah, instead of PVC. I was all dead and frugal. I mean, who knows? In the backwards world of Sunnydale, where they, you know, property can't hold value because of all the murder, uh, maybe they're like, "Hey, we just got copper, guys." <laughs> Let me tell you something about it. This is amazing. So who knows? Well, thank you very much for that smelly, smelly history lesson. You're you're very welcome. Do you guys ever worry that if you accidentally move one pipe, it will turn out like Buffy, where all the pipes go off and it just completely? Everything just shatters and water starts going everywhere. I mean, you guys have a full I, house, so I don't know what it's yeah. like to have a full house. So, Well, let me tell you. Okay. Uh, I did have a little bit of that worry when I was connecting all the hoses outside because I put in a, a new – well, I put in a new hose bib on the outside, and I was like, where does the water come into this spigot here? And then there's just like randomly a dial next to our, our uh, hot water heater, and I was like, 
I'm going to turn this and see what happens. <laughs> oh, that's the water. Okay. And then it's just like, you can hear it. There's just a pipe in the wall going out to the front. And I'm like, oh, God, what happens if I can't tighten this all the way? Is it leaking inside of the wall? What hell is lurking within these walls? But yeah, mostly you just ignore it. Although we just tra- changed another light fixture. And I'm always, see, I'm more worried about the electricity stuff for some reason. The electricity is actually connected. The pressure on these pipes, that that's what I'm worried about here. It's like, why mm. is there so much pressure? Mm on the water yeah. here we gotta yeah, get that checked immediately the the leaking stuff i totally understand that you not knowing oh shit there could be a leak in the in the in the in the walls right you have no mm-hmm. idea but these pipes could literally explode and like fucking kill you they, they seem <laughs> yeah. so pressurized where's all this pressure coming from you need to this house is a, a death trap they must yeah. have a great shower <laughs> they must have a great shower <laughs> and they turn it down to like the one out because it's so high it's just like you yeah you would kill yourself if you turned it all on high blast so yeah it seems like this should have been a problem sooner because it was just just on the razor's edge man all she had to do was touch it with a wrench and it was like literal explosion of water the house should be like shaking at all times like ready to explode yeah i mean okay but she did fix that leak i feel like the rest was like unrelated (laughs) unfortunate timing wait i like the optimism great takeaway well she did fix that well and i love how the whole city water pipe as tara says the Uh, entire mm -hmm. thing is connected to this house Mm -hmm. what did that it's like no i can fix this i know i can fix this little tiny pipe right here but the rest of it like literally the rest of it if there was a leak anywhere else it would have been this explosion too like what are you talking about? I don't know that much about plumbing aside from actually the deep knowledge that I've gained researching the history of plumbing. I don't know that much about modern plumbing. I did change one um, faucet and it involved having to buy multiple parts and the sink leaking for weeks. So not an expert. Yeah. That being said, I'm surprised at how chill they are with like a foot of standing water just yeah. hanging out in their basement. Like they have stuff sitting on the ground. They don't move it. They aren't trying to like bail it out. They aren't trying to dry it. And then it seems like they have the plumber there. And a big Sunnydale round of applause for Tito the Amazing, plumber extraordinaire. Who doesn't look wet at all. And she's just got the the water on. How does she have the water running in the kitchen, but it's not continuing to flood in the basement? None of this makes any sense to me. (laughs) The only thing I can think, because immediately I was like, how is the water on? How is the water on? Her pipes are being worked on slash either like they're being actively worked on so the water should be off or like there's still water cascading into your basement and you oh, shouldn't yeah. be able to get any pressure like what are yeah. what is happening here and then i was like okay well maybe he just fixed it and he did fix he must have right because there wasn't water still coming down when she went to fight the demon yeah there just was that standing water but part of what a plumber does when you have a flood like that is get the fucking water out man they go in there with like a pump and they like the fact that that dude walked away with a foot or two feet of standing water in someone's home not okay not okay tito not okay anyway. but he's doing it on the cheap you know you know he's cutting them a deal xander's discount friends what is this does xander have anything but discount friends uh oh, no. shots fired at every scooby <laughs> god who's calling me everybody i know lives here they're not his friends man let's bring oh, order back to this court god damn it <laughs> look i brought it right back from ancient <laughs> etruscan pipes in rome to Ooh, etruscan Etruscan? Yeah, they were the first ones to pipe things in Rome, and then Romans were like, that's a good idea. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. You're welcome. I didn't actually mention that in my <laughs> presentation. Yeah, I was like, that's a word you we didn't say. the Etruscans. The Etruscans. Etruscans. Piping. It's important. Modern day sanitation <laughs> saves lives. Bing bong, bing. Uh... Hello, screen wipe, new scene. I need to know. 
what you thought about this episode. It's not as strong as last episode for me. And I have to say, like, you know, while the reality is, you know, she's kind of getting dealt all of this adult stuff that you have to deal with as a person in society, I guess. Um, it's not, you know, that compelling as a conflict. Like, it's a real conflict, but it's not a fun one to deal with. And then you just, and then to add, like, the, like, buffoonery of the trio on top of that, you're just like, (laughs) That being said, that being said, Giles coming and his moment when he sees Buffy for the first time is super touching. I love the setup fight that he had with Willow and how you can see her being, like, you should be impressed by me. Like, I am fucking fantastic, and you've never even talked to anyone as amazing as me. (laughs) And to actually go as far as to threaten Giles, to be like, don't piss me off, because you don't know what I'm going to do, is so good. Like, you don't really think about it, you know, when you, like, binge through, because you just, you're, like, relying on this, like, past willow of her being so innocent and pure and helpful and everything. You don't really see how much she's changing. Plus, she does that, like, phase thing where she goes back to her normal self immediately. Come on, Giles. I don't want to fight. And you're just like, whoa, that is, like, some creepy (laughs) shit. And it's easy to just kind of, like, you know, gloss over that if you're watching in a big sort of, like, binge session. So it's been really fun to see her sort of, like, evil character development where she's, like, I'm not the bad guy. And we're like, (laughs) (laughs) She just says yeah. it straight up. I know. I <laughs> so, yeah, there are definitely some really good parts about this. But, like, you know, talking about getting loans and stuff, that's not thats not fun. I feel bad for Buffy. Yeah. There's a first time for everything is my philosophy. This is my first big loan. Collateral? No problem. No problem. No problem. I love that tie. I'm a problem solver. Let's crunch those numbers. Yeah, I, I thought it was a fun episode, but, like, yeah, not as good as the other ones. Um, I always like the fight scenes that incorporate plot. So, like, her saying, I hate my skirt, and then getting to rip it and then fight. That was fun. Everything about the demon in the house, just, I immediately thought when he crashed through the door, is like, oh, my God, you're going to have to pay for that. Oh, my God, they have money problems. Totally. And then she comments, and I was like, oh, good, thank God. And so then it was funny. Every time they do that, I find myself, like, enjoying the fights. But... It's usually on a week mm-hmm. episode. And yeah, I mean, for the money stuff, it's like, it is a thing. And it's definitely going to be a thing. And I wrote later on, I'm like, I know we have to like get to the essential double meat palace, right? Something so essential to the plot to, to have us. That's the reason why we're doing this stuff, right? <laughs> and it's like, it's it makes sense. You know, they're out sure. of high school. They got to do college and got to go to work. But yeah, I mean, whatever. It's fine. Joyce should have... Uh, I want to know more about life insurance, man. What what was this policy? Why did it all go to to the bills? You know, I want more info. That was another thing. I think I think part of the reason why I struggle with this episode is like part of it is like I'm so grounded in reality. Look at all the real adult stuff Buffy have to, has to deal with and at the same time I'm like so she had life insurance but not health insurance. <laughs> like I don't was it really Good all point. that money? Like it's just so many like like logical questions that like kind of take me out of the Buffy verse that I'm like, I don't want to think about this. Like money has never been an issue before. I don't want to have to think about like the actual logistics of her taking care of her sister. It's just, it's not, you know, happy, fun adventure times. (laughs) I've trashed this house so many times. How did mom pay for this? Well, and to imply like they do throughout this, I mean, we find this offensive, but everybody saying, you know, Joyce was a good mom. Mm-hmm. Think about <laughs> Joyce having to pay for all this mm-hmm. broken stuff that we've broken over the and that implication right there of like, 
no, the money's gone. You know, she took out a life insurance policy. Well, I'm hearing she took out shit life insurance. She got nothing. She had no health insurance or she like had nothing at all. And like this whole thing has just been one big grift. And like, they're just afraid to tell her because Joyce has to be this like perfect person. So Mm. Buffy now has to continue on with like, Oh, I'm on hard times. It's like, well, Joyce left you nothing. That's why she did not. Joyce is actually a bad mom. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Never forget. We're all pretending. We're all pretending. Well, what do you think about the episode, Kelly? I'm not going to tell you what I think. First, I'm going mm. to tell you. Bold. Bold. Th- that, uh, <laughs> Marty Noxon agrees with both of you. She said about the episode that it's not that exciting to watch Buffy deal with bills. The show is not called <laughs> Buffy the Debt Collector or Buffy the Credit Card <laughs> User. Brutal. So, Buffy brutal. the Credit Card User. <laughs> I guess we started toying with adult responsibilities and then decided we'd have to go the way of nasty sex instead. We'd been asking in script meetings, what are adult responsibilities? <laughs> we tried out a bunch and flooded and kind Simple. of despised with them when we realized we didn't want to spend the time with the actual realities of adult life. Uh, boring. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, and and I agree to a point, but also, like, if season six is life is the big bad, it's like, I feel like you you do have to kind of dip a toe in this. Like, if we're really setting up that, that, man, life sucks and it's hard to be here, that's the theme, folks. This is part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I really liked this episode. I raked it, spoiler for spoilers, uh, really high. Pretty high. Yeah, like yeah. higher than everything else in the season Good. almost. <laughs> I think just because I, I was having so much fun watching it. It was the first time that I felt like lighthearted since, you know, Buffy's been back, which makes sense, right? Because, like, she fucking died. We had to deal with that. We had to be sad. We still are sad. But, you know, we can make jokes sometimes. Uh, so I, I just I think I enjoyed that a lot. Um, and just Buffy bashing in a demon's face. No more full oh, copper God. revive. It's just like one of the best moments ever. Let's just constantly think about that. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, you know, Giles coming back and that fight is so big. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just think what a, a turn for a character. I mean, that's really solidifying. Willow is, oh, yeah, I knew the stakes. I knew everything because I'm the best. And it's just like kind of confirming all those things that we'd been talking about the last couple episodes of like, how aware is she? How much of this is, is her being uh, braggadocious and how much of it is her being like an innocent, like, Oh, I just, I just want to bring my friend back. And it's like to with Giles of all people, you know, and then like for them to have that emotional send off when he left just two episodes ago is like, they're like fucking at ends immediately. It's so, so crazy. So I don't know. I just, well, and it all kind of does fit with the rest of them. Right. Because, we get like all the friends seeing her and then we get Spike last time and then we got Giles seeing her and you know next week hopefully we'll get Hank you know showing up to be a good dad for the rest of the series <laughs> so like you know we're hitting all the the important people you know but i mean you could kind of lump this in with the ones before where you know Giles seeing Buffy like is part of what made the other episodes great was mm-hmm. our characters interacting with her coming back and you know even though this one had a lot more jokes and was tonally a lot different uh, especially with the trio and they're silly and ridiculous. But then you have those really tough conversations with Giles. I mean, there's a lot of like good, good talking moments between, especially with Giles, you know, and Willow and, and with Buffy too, um, in a very lighthearted episode. So that was cool. And I, the villain was a pretty lame duck villain, but it's, uh, it felt so monster of the weeky. Like it, that mm. part of that was nice too. It just like felt really familiar. It was just like after being on, on, you know, this crazy thing of Joyce dying and then everything's fucked up and then Buffy dies and it's just like, Oh yeah, that's right. We, this is how the show goes. It's nice yeah. to have a thing that, you know, Buffy can fight and yes. like defeat, right? Like it's nice to not even have to really worry about the big bad. Cause yeah. he's just, a and they all sort of commented on that too. In the, in the, in the episode. 
Yeah. We're just like, yeah, it's nice. We're just doing our stuff again. Yeah. I know how to do that, right? Even Buffy said that a couple times. Like, mm-hmm. I know how mm-hmm. to. If this was the end of the world, I know what to do there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what do we do? Easy. We burn the house to the ground and collect the insurance. Plus fire. Pretty. You know, Buffy is such a strong character. Like, physically, yes, but also emotionally. She's really weathered a lot of bullshit, and she's really taking care of herself. And even when she was, like, sad overall pants and the waitress or whatever, (laughs) you know, I still felt like she had it. But this is the one episode where I really feel, like, protective of Buffy, and, like, I want to, like, reach out and be like, we're going to take care of this. Like, you don't even need to worry about it. Like, it just makes me so mad and, again, angry at her, all her friends to be like, how dare you bring her back into this shit hell? Yeah. Like, life. Yeah, I know. Have squandered all of her money and then immediately be like, deal with it, Buffy. <laughs> yeah. Um, even Giles. I'm just like, you have been paid by the, is it the commission? The committee? Council. The council, thank you. You've been paid by the council for six years now. Apparently Bath is a very affluent area of England, so you've definitely got money. You see a woman who you care for like a daughter who's recently brought back from the dead after she literally sacrificed herself to save her sister and all of you, and you look at her bill and you think, you'll get through this, Buffy. I'm just like, mm-hmm. fuck you, Giles. How you think are, yeah. that she, he, she needs to like, stand on her own and she can't be an adult without you, but it's like, really, she needs an adult to come in and deal with this. Like, she should not have to do this right now. So I'm just kind of curious if you guys feel the same way or if you think Buffy's, like, got this and you're not worried. Oh, no, I think she's totally at a loss. I mean, it's really heartbreaking her going to the loan officer with her, like, report cards because she doesn't know. I mean, that's, you know... Lots of people have, have mentioned that we have our public school system is failing us and preparing us for life in so many ways. And one of those is is basic finances, like just the, the knowledge of like having a bank account, what it means to accrue interest, what a reasonable expectation is, like how much of your, your income should be uh, allocated for housing and, and what. And just like she has none of those skills. Obviously, Joyce never talked to her about any of that stuff. I've been wrestling with the IRS all night. And no. and yeah, I think it's completely unreasonable for Giles to expect that she would know that. So that's why he's like, I'll we'll we'll go over it. But I'm like, no amount of explaining the process to her is going to give her money. Give her money. <laughs> she needs money, guys. She's been doing more than you have the last six years, and she's not gotten a dime for it. Give her your money. <laughs> and I thought it was um, really uh, what stuck out to me while she was sitting on the couch. I was just like. She fucking saves the world all the time. She saves people every day. The least she can have is like a nice home she doesn't have to worry about, right? Like mm-hmm. that other people can help her out. Like we can't fight demons, Buffy, because we're not superheroes, but I can make sure like the house is picked up and the bills are paid and I can do that. We can do that. So yeah, anyway, yes. Daniel, what do you think? Oh no, that's exactly what I wrote down too. I was like, how how are you not letting her work at the magic box? I mean, even if you mm-hmm. want to like instill some sort of work ethic as if she needs it, but like it, implicitly it's you go out and fucking slay shit and come to work sometimes, just be there. Like mm-hmm. just make this place a home. Like make this place somewhere that she's getting paid, she can hang out in, gets money, goes home to this house. Like you already have, you know, what uh, four of the Scoobies 
of the other six. Like, just move Xander and them in. Yeah, fuck it. All of them pitch together. Fucking, like, what are we doing? Yes. And if he is uh, rich enough to be in Bath, then he's also, I mean, his house here was fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Now, I know the, the real estate prices in Sunnydale, <laughs> not competitive. But nonetheless, I mean, that house was incredible. And it's like, what are we even doing, right? Yeah, it, it's just so weird to, like, try to explain that away, too, because... She needs help, and like the the real Giles would absolutely give her whatever he had. That's why I think it makes it weird to have him live in Bath and be pretty well off. I think he should also be somebody who just doesn't have the means to do it. Right. Then it makes more sense. But he has a fucking business that he just bought on the spot because the owner died. Like mm-hmm. the dude was already pretty established, and he's a lot older, and he is the father. It's come on, Hank's not showing up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's wild. I I totally thought that too, but it's like the show doesn't want you to grapple with that at all. It wants us to feel bad about Buffy sort of like walking away from the couch because Giles didn't get to like have a father moment instead of just putting some cash in her fucking hand. And at the end, fucking, I mean, I think they they challenge us a little by Buffy walking away, right? Like leaving it for Giles, mm-hmm. but it's like. Come on, man. Buffy is like, again, just sacrifice everything. Mm-hmm. Like she's allowed to run off with Angel for a minute. You're not allowed to look forlorn like you've been put out. Yeah. I think that's why it makes sense that both of you kind of had the same conclusion about the episode where it's like, if you're going to like doing this feels weird because we don't really do it right. Mm-hmm. We're bringing it up to make this episode seem strange, but we don't actually go there. If we went there, we'd be like, yeah, we are fucked really financially. And if you guys don't get a job, like you all need to start paying rent and we really need to figure this out. And no, this needs to be a thing. Start paying rent. You need to pay back rent. Yeah. You need to cover the mortgage when I was dead for three months. Like, oh, were you yeah. just living here for free and literally eating my money? Like you were just using my mom's life insurance to live off of because what the fuck are you doing yes why (laughs) aside from violating my consent (laughs) (laughs) oh god but but uh, real question to both you why the fuck does willow or tara not have a job i don't know i wrote that in my notes i was like literally what are they doing and actually the actual quote of my notes was is willow a bigger loser than xander <laughs> cuz i'm just like xander's got a job he's like he's got yeah. a house he's doing his shit like he could pitch in if he wanted to but like what is willow doing she's literally just like are they still at school? Yes. Ostensibly? Is that- they are okay. going to school, but I can't All imagine right. they're going full time with the amount of hanging out we do, but maybe. I mean, it's But just- I think that could explain it away, right? They have money from school or, you know, the maybe. parents. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's not fair because, like, and. It's not fair. The reality is. It's like it's Buffy and Dawn on their own, and then it's Willow and Tara on their own, and then it's Xander and Anya on their own. And if Willow and Anya or Willow and Tara are not going to pay for part of the mortgage (laughs) Buffy has to sell the house and they get an apartment like that's that's the reality of where we're going with this and so to sit back and be like how are you going to pay for this entire mortgage on your own Buffy is just like so absolutely obscene and just makes me so angry even angrier at Willow to be like you bring her back to this and then you expect her to literally pay for you to live like what are we doing here if you want to pay every bill here and every bill coming and have enough to start a nice college fund for Dawn? Start charging. For what? Slaying vampires. I mean, you're providing a valuable service to the whole community. I say cash in. Well, that's an idea you would have no and you're absolutely right too because they <laughs> literally have had these bills and they are not yes. paying them yeah that's not like it's not like because you would have this conversation one month after buffy's death yes or, or like i don't know not even a month like 
weeks after it. You know, like, as soon as you get I'm the bills, you're like, place. Oh, yeah. fuck, that's totally. Right. It's like, fuck, we gotta pay these. <laughs> we, we gotta, gotta call. These. We gotta like get this in my name. Like she's dead. We gotta figure this out. Yeah, and it's like they've never even once thought about it. If Buffy was dead, what would they do? They would probably just leave. <laughs> they would <laughs> yeah. just be like, fuck it, we're gone. And like, sorry, Don, bye. Like, what do you do? I don't fucking weird. Well, that's why the whole thing of like that. Willow was never gonna let Buffy not come back. So I think so in, in a pay, so she can pay the back well, three well, months that, more. Not, not oh, because man. of that necessarily, but just like Get a job, she was Buffy. already the villain. She was always the villain. <laughs> she was always the villain. Not, just meaning that like I, maybe she was just. I mean, she had it already. Like, oh yeah, these are the bills that we didn't pay. Like I know, I'm yes. well aware they needed to be paid. I had no plans on paying them. Here they Absolutely are. Not. I knew I was gonna bring you back from the dead though, so we can talk about it now. <laughs> It's just, it's so obscene. And then it's like, okay, maybe she's still going to school. Well, you know, both her and Tara were paying for a dorm. Dorms, not cheap. And on top of that, I, you know, Tara's family situation is a little rife. But yeah. Will still has both her parents. So she's going to bring back her corpsified dead best friend whose mother is also dead and whose father is like fucked off to Spain and be like here's um $40,000 of debt have a good time figuring that out um I'm just gonna go back in your mom's room because it's the biggest one yeah. <laughs> just like uh, the rage I feel and how much I just want to be able to like take Buffy aside and be like don't worry about this I will deal with this I'm going to go murder all your friends <laughs> and then I'm going to pay your bills yeah. well, that's what take Spike up on his yeah. take Spike up on his offer yeah I mean, literally, he should just, like, make a bed in his little craft and be like, you and Don move in here. I'm leaving. <laughs> I I saw something online and I like there was no source for it. But I am having a vague memory of a throwaway line Giles says at some point about the council may actually financially take care of players sometimes. But I don't but not here. Know. Oh, but yeah, let's not mention that. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But Giles is like, well, like all he had to say, if that is true, and maybe there will be a throwaway line later, so I don't know. So this is all theoretical. But wouldn't the first thing out of his mouth be like, oh, the ca- I've already the reached council. out to the- He yeah. even said, he even said, I talked to the council while I was uh-huh. saying, what the fuck are you talking about, homie? If it was, we need to get Buffy some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell Buffy immediately. <laughs> Get her no. alone. Get her some credit. Just no. whatever you got to do to make it easier. Of course Jesus. not. Buffy doesn't deserve money, you guys. That <laughs> is the, the, the other crux of this episode. So Anya comes up with a brilliant idea of charging people for saving their lives. Mm-hmm. What do we think about this? Stacia Morley, do you think that that's okay? Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I, laughs> you know, obviously the immediate... Um, Comparison is Angel Investigations. Where they do. Sure. Where they do. I guess the difference is, you know, people seek Angel out. Yeah. Like a private investigator, whereas Buffy is going out. And it's like, you can't really, you know, like, kill a vampire that's sucking on someone's blood and they'd be like, well, for my service, you owe me $300. Yeah. Because then that's just like, you know blackmail (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know i don't know how you do that but i feel like the classic thing is you know not to charge people for saving their lives from demons but she could be like a literal private investigator or something and kind of do that as her job and charge people and you know sometimes in the course of her work maybe she finds a demon and kills it yeah she could totally do that like she could be maybe what's her name veronica mars by day and then nina buffy at night yeah why not doesn't seem like there's a lot of cases to be solved, though. I mean, that doesn't really come up ever in her life. It where someone's be like, hey. Taking pictures of, you know, people cheating. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. basically it. Not very exciting. Uh, 
I think that like this episode reminds me a lot of like season two stuff in a way, like Reptile Boy and stuff, where they try to make like an overarching one episode that we sort of like have a big point. And here, everything kept like pushing us towards, you know, Anya basically saying, you know, why don't you just charge for your services? Mm-hmm. You know, and all the talk about the banks, am I right? Dead and frugal, <laughs> fucking Mafashnik M- or whatever his name mm-hmm. is. Like when Xander described him as a mercenary demons that perform acts of slaughter and mayhem for the highest bidder. I'm like, they're making a point about capitalism and about the world that mm-hmm. Buffy's finding herself in, how hard life is. And I just feel like because they're going to drop it, it's like we put a, a lot of significance into this and then we're just going to forget it all. Right. This never comes up again. Right. They never talk about Buffy going out to like get money from people. No, no, no. It's just an idea here in this episode about capitalism and banks and Mm -hmm. money and what adults do. And then next week we're going to move on to sex and and we're going to enjoy that. Uh, Next week we do try to find odd jobs (laughs) first because Buffy is like, I do need a job. I will find a job. we do need the penis hat guy at the Double Meat Palace. I mean, we have to get there. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Essential Double Meat Palace. Essential. yes. Yes. That's a weird place for a horn. It's not a horn. But as far as like actually the the second half of that of if I don't find a job, we're all we were all fucked. We're going to lose the house. That doesn't come up again. I would say that there's no Veronica Mars situation. There's no Buffy investigations happening. I think the only thing you can do is try like hell to get into the minds of this broken society that she lives in, this broken fucking town, and say, listen, you all know what happens here. And there will now be a tax. I'm going to run for mayor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's not, it's going to be modest, but every one of you are going to pay for me. And you know that I'm doing this. You all know, you've all seen me <laughs> fighting demons for the last six years. And I've just let it slide, but not anymore. <laughs> You know, because you that's the only way you would have clout because everybody would be like the whole Spider-Man thing. Right. Spider-Man's literally out there. He is a known entity rescuing people. And Buffy is a should be a known entity. But unlike New York City, that's grateful. Sunnydale, as we've talked about, is traumatized, has no clue what's going on. So you at first need to convince them that there is a problem and then try to get maybe she that's the only way maybe she just needs to do like a superman thing where she puts on a mask takes photos of herself and then sells them to the paper it's true <laughs> she i mean put on some glasses you go to the paper yeah where's the sunnydale mm-hmm. times right yeah well, that's we, spider-man we too. That's super spider-man slayer. oh my gosh spider-man yeah. too well, well that's oh, what spider-man, spider-man does yeah yeah oh, peter parker's superman. a journalist also, I mean, Superman is a journalist, but he doesn't sell pictures of Superman, I don't think. But Peter Parker does explicitly. Like, oh, okay. he'll call J. Okay, Jenna yeah. so or whatever Spider-Man his name is. Yeah. Whatever. Shut up, Wynathan. The point is, I think you're right that it would be hard to do a private investigation, but it would be a good idea to just, I'm providing service for the city. I mean, like, yeah. not, it's not a one-to-one, but, like, we pay taxes for EMTs and police and stuff like that. You need a Slayer security force. It's just a security <laughs> force of one, but, you know clearly there's a need in this town and she's the only one providing the service so i think that yeah the government should step up if only we could resurrect that snake monster hello screen wipe new scene we're pretty fast and loose with uh spreading all this terrible financial distress around dawn i mean willow tries to hide the paper the invoice from the plumbing from her unsuccessfully but sure do you think daniel do you think it's a good idea to let her in on it or should they try to shield her from it? I mean, well, that's a big thing in this episode too, which I found funny. Like she's 15 and she can't do research. It's like you guys were 15 when you started doing this. So you do research now. 
Want a cappuccino and a pack of cigarettes to go with it? I mean, at this point, man, you got to treat her like an adult because I think she's not your mom. Nobody's the mom. You really got to be the sister. And I think that requires like some semblance of equal footing. That would be my guess um, instead of trying to shield her and pretend like that's like helping somebody like it's not it's not helping her at all. And honestly, they've done that for an entire season. I mean, ever since we met Dawn, they did nothing but sort of whisper around her. Mm-hmm. We already saw the effects of that. I know they never really learned the lesson on the show ever, um, but hopefully they can learn that one which don't whisper shit around dawn just like keep her in the loop like she'll get bored i don't think she has any interest necessarily in like you know whatever but at least she's like at least she feels like they're she's a part of it so i think she should be a full member of the group they were her age when they started doing what they're doing and you know what there's a lot of kids and a lot of families that have a job to help support and pay rent for their families i don't think it's unreasonable to have like a literal sit down and be like look Buffy just came back from the dead she needs to be taken care of right now one of the things we can do is pay the bill so she doesn't have to worry about it she needs some time to rest and deal with her life Dawn you're getting an after school job you're the one working at Double Meat Palace (laughs) yes amen amen (laughs) or even just like you're the one that's going to be picking up the house you're going to be doing all this stuff Tara and I, because I'm Willow in this situation, are going to get fucking jobs like adults like we should have been doing this whole time mm-hmm. instead of making you work. But even still, yeah, she could totally work. Yeah, I think that it's – she already knows, man. Like you're not actually keeping anything from her. And by not, frankly, discussing these things with her, you're just making the situation worse. You where create like, extra anxiety. Yeah, and it, it, where you could be used turning her into an asset. Like, yes, she can help you research. She f- opened a book and magically found that demon immediately. Yeah, I mean, literally The girl's got day. a skill. Like, come on. Yeah. We need girl's to got a skill. Yeah. Yeah. Girl's got a found skill. Found a weird dick and then immediately found a demon. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. punch right there. Um, well, yeah, and the other thing that seems ridiculous to me is, like, you know, she has been a liability in the past, but I think part of that is just her general ignorance. The more that she knows about, you know, slaying and doing all of this research and, like, what goes into everything that Buffy has to handle, like, I think the safer she'll be the more that she's aware of. I, I mean, what everything. they were hiding from her before was her literal existence. Yeah. yeah. She is just a, a still, she's a key. She's only been alive for a year. So it's like, there is also that. The monks didn't put fucking how to run a household in her fucking memory bank. So yeah, she has no idea what's going on. It's one thing to like keep her away from her fucking like true reality of being a mystical entity. And it's another when it's like, hey, there's a bill that needs to be paid and shit's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Like the stakes are way lower on oh, yeah. the money mm-hmm. than your entire fucking existence. So like, <laughs> let's just chill out a little bit. Yeah. For a sure. Let her in. Let her in. Score one for Captain Logic. No, no. Captain Logic is not steering this tugboat. Uh, the only other thing I have a question for both of you about is uh, in that scene where Giles and, and Buffy are on the couch, uh, or even in the training room. It's there, there are two times in this episode where Buffy and Giles are alone and they're like having deep conversations because, you know, that's inevitable when you, somebody you love dies and then comes back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, she has <laughs> she has opportunities to tell Giles that I was in heaven. Now, she picked Spike for obvious reasons that we've talked about, right? He's just like a blank vessel and he's not really part of the group. So there's like he's the safest person to actually talk to this, to say these things too. But I know Giles is the dad, but I feel like he's a little removed. And if anyone, he would be safe to tell. Stacia, do you think that she should have just fucking told Giles? Aside from making possibly herself feel better, I don't know how it fixes anything, like what it would change. Hmm. Giles can't change anything. 
It's just going to make him madder at Willow, although she wouldn't know that. That'd and I think, you know, we have that scene with uh, Buffy and Spike where she says, you know, I'm trying so hard to be okay for them. And it's just making them worry more. And it's like, I think, why would you, like, I think she's doing that for Giles too, right? Like, right, she doesn't yeah. want to worry him. She just kind of wants to move on. And I think at the end of it, it's like, if I have to admit what you actually did to me, like, we're not going to be okay. This is going to be much harder to get past than if I can just ignore it and, like, power through. So I think, you know, admitting it to Giles would be hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just, I guess because he wasn't involved, right? So Spike wasn't involved in the spell at all because he, but neither was Giles. And then Dawn, it's like, I hate you protect Dawn because she's your little sister and you just don't want to put that on her. And you don't want to put on your friends because they're the ones that are directly responsible for this happening to you. But Giles was not. Right. So not only is he a good confidant because he's the dad, so you could tell him and he wouldn't tell your stupid friends and it'd be fine. Uh, But he wouldn't feel that guilt yeah i think you're right he would absolutely be even more angry at willow rightfully so but i feel like maybe it would help buffy cope a little bit maybe he stays around longer because he knows like what she's really suffering through but she never mind he finds out anyway and he still fucking leaves so well i mean <laughs> well i think he was already leaving too yeah that's a whole element she knows that he's not going to be here yeah so why why burden that's him? a good point like she, i don't think she was thinking of telling she wasn't going to tell them until she had to sing out her feelings, yeah. which mm-hmm. we just got our preview on WB, so we That's know she can't say it tonight. So. <laughs> or UPN or whatever we're on now. Yes, so. the UPN. It's very important to know that we're not on the same network anymore because we can't do crossovers with Angel. Angel update time. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was a serious segue. Mm-hmm. It's time for an Angel update. Perfect. Now we don't have to make any other music. Very brief. Full disclosure, did not watch the episodes because I would have had to watch two, and it's hard enough for me to watch one of them. But what I did do was find out when in the episode they actually talk about Buffy by going to the transcript of the episode, searching for the name Buffy, and finding it at the very end of the episode, which makes sense. So at the very end of episode... Episode four of season three of Angel, called Carpe Noctum. It's like the last three minutes. Angel is telling Fred, because Fred... Has a big old crush on Angel when she, you know, because he rescues her from Plurt's Glurb or whatever. And, and she's, oh, he's so dreamy and handsome and, and and brave and blah, blah, blah. So she's in love with him. I guess something happens during the episode where it's kind of related to Fred that Angel does not feel the same way about her. So the, Angel and her are sitting outside in the courtyard area and Fred's like, I get it. You you know, you're not into me because you're, you know, you can't be blah, 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 blah. And as they're having this little touching heart to heart, Cordelia bursts in the courtyard and says... Angel, Willow's on the phone. She's alive. Buffy's alive. And it's like really weird, like strange acting from, <laughs> from Charisma Carpenter. I'm just like, you couldn't believe it. So Angel says nothing. Open mouth looks at Fred, runs away. <laughs> and then Fred's just sitting there by herself and then just says, Buffy? Because she doesn't know who the fuck Buffy is. Yeah. And the guy uh, she was just having a very intimate conversation with really just cool. booked it out of the room. Just like, after some woman just robotically said, she's alive. So, that's the end of that episode. Very beginning of the next episode, <laughs> which technically would be the beginning of the next episode of this. But I'm not about to do right. two angel updates for the same four minute cumulative <laughs> scene. Next episode, episode five, which is called Fredless. Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe Fred gets kidnapped. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I love Fred, whatever. One day I'll watch the show, I guess. Uh, everyone, sans Angel, because Angel is in the the 
what the DMZ that area. is between the UPN and the WB. The only safe place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that we can't name because otherwise everyone will die. Uh, everyone's hanging out, and Fred asks if uh, Buffy and Angel will get back together. Because obviously, like, why wouldn't they? She's back yeah. from the dead, and he loves her, so why wouldn't they get together? And then everyone's like, ah, they'll never get back together. You're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, but why? So then Cordelia and Wesley act out a scene, I guess, they think must have happened between Buffy and Angel, where it's really actually pretty funny, where they're just, like, being dramatic, and Alexis Denisoff gets to not have a British accent for a second because he's pretending to be Angel, which is funny because Angel's supposed to be Irish. Anyway, oh my God. So they're, like, being ridiculous and over the top, and it's just, like, watching that scene from the Zeppelin but from the it's Wesley and Cordelia right. playing them instead and then of course Angel walks in while they're making fun of Angel and he's like I don't want to talk about it the end and that's wow. exactly what's going to happen at the beginning of the next episode they're going to be like how is it with Angel and she's going to say I don't want to talk about it and that is how we all know as an audience that we'll never do a crossover ever again except for that one time that we do in season 7 but beyond that never again and that's your Angel what update what are you talking about there's another crossover yeah season 7 that's it no in season five of Angel, Buffy goes to L.A. Oh, my God. Sort of. <laughs> okay. That doesn't count as a crossover because the show is already over. It also... I think it counts because it's supposed to be Buffy. It's so funny. It's literally a woman in a blonde wig. Yeah. But... We'll have to do an Angel update. Oh, and Willow is in an episode. Yeah. That's right. But is that after the season show ends or is that during season seven? What is it called if it's not a crossover? I think it counts. For me, a crossover is events that are happening on one show are concluded in the other show, or vice versa. Yeah, that's that's it would definitely what a be crossover like a, is. An event. Not just that one character appears on the other one. Really? But I guess you could say that. I guess you could say that too. I don't know. Look, all I'm but Buffy is, doesn't have a show anymore. The, the right. show is over. So therefore, that's, it can't be a crossover the at that point because the, yeah, the, just the, those ca- characters only exist in the Angel. Because even then. this one is hardly a crossover where they both just say, "I don't want to talk about it." Yeah. It's like they almost like couldn't meet up because the DMZ was closed. I'd say this is less of a crossover. No, this isn't. Yeah, this is saying we are not doing crossovers now. We're on different networks. Yeah. It's not allowed anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's what the DMZ was referring to. It's like we can't go over to, yeah, the WB lot. Yeah, definitely. We're just meeting like right at the intersection in between. Mm -hmm. Like on the crosswalks. We have to talk on the crosswalk, but we only have like 30 seconds and then we have to cross back over and then meet back in the middle. But then they're all allowed to hang out at the like the craft services table. They're only allowed to like say small words between eating sandwiches and then they have to go. Okay. Uh, Let me make you mad again. Uh, Ready? Um, Last semester, I slept with Riley. And you know I really doubt it. Caught me. Big fib. To cover up the sleazy affair I had with Angel. Well, what the hell are you doing? It's time to remind everyone that we are Real Podcast. You can find us everywhere at BeatMePod. That's Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. We have a website. It is BeatMePod.wordpress.com. And that'll contain show notes about this show that we do. And this show that we're watching when the two converge. If we make references to other things in this show that we're doing right now, it'll be on those notes in there and also there'll be a link to a playlist that is on Spotify called Beat Me Hyphen Fun Dive Playlist for Podcast Fan Season 6 which contains all music played in our podcast and all music contained in Buffy the Vampire Slayer that is available on Spotify, so check that out if you would like to. But back to your point, it's time for yelling. You're absolutely right. I'm sorry. That was so rude of me to interrupt you. But that's kind of what we do here because we're about to yell. I'm going to go first. Yeah. I'm pretty sure her necklace is a sideways uterus, and I just wanted everyone to see that. 
I don't think it is. I spent a really long time looking at it, and I couldn't figure out what it was. It looked, I, well, there's like a weird thing on the top of it that's not very uterusy, but there are like little two. I'm, I don't I know. Think it's just an Jury is thing. out. No, it's not. Jury it's not is out. Stay Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, you know, another person that pissed me off in this episode was Xander with his like yeah, same yeah, bullshit yeah, yeah, yeah. line with Aunt it. Anya. I knew it. He's like, oh, this husband thing. It's like a lot of little steps. And I'm like, yeah, maybe the first little step is telling your friends. Yes. Maybe you should just take one of them. Yes. I did write down in all caps. You already proposed. You did the thing. You already did the thing that's supposed to be the hard, scary thing to do. And now you're just not telling your friends because you, the only reasonable explanation, and Anya's calling him on it, is that you don't want to tell them. That you regret fucking asking me in the first place. Because if that wasn't the case, you would have already told them. He's a flying buttress of, what is it? Flying buttress of support. Support. Yeah. Support. (laughs) Don't forget. Except for when it comes to this. We never talked about the trio. Here comes a new challenger. They are weird, like genuinely strange. And um, I, I thought, you know, for, for having to introduce people again, this is I like Jane Espenson as a writer so much. And I'm going to give her the full credit on this one just because, like, you have to reintroduce everybody because they're not watching it and analyzing it the way we are. So, like, they did a really good job of, like, you're the guy who was Jonathan. You're the guy who did the sex bot. And then I'm why am I here, Andrew? And it's like. For the dialogue, you, for what she had to do in that moment, which I did kind of roll my eyes a little bit at, I was like, oh, you know what? Actually, that was really – that was good. Like, that was really good because mm-hmm. it didn't just say, hi, I'm this guy who made the sex bot, you know? Yeah. So I, I really liked – I liked it. They were they were fun, except I can't watch them without just knowing what's going to happen. It's really yeah. tough. Not only with Warren, but just like in the comics too where he's like flayed man walking around – in the fucking hell mouth. But like even Andrew like hangs out with us for another fucking season. You know, it's like, this is bizarre. Yeah. It's uh, they're, they're in the whole next episode. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's kind of like the, the delve into that. Cause this was just like, Hey, these guys are a thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I agree wholeheartedly that um, Jane did a great job of like exposition with the clever disguising it. Like you need a girl robot girlfriend. You need a, uh, you want the other demons to think you're really cool. <laughs> God. And I'm um, not Tucker. I'm Tucker's brother. <laughs> and it's so it's so believable that they've had this fight so many times that they totally. just get sucked back into it. And the demon's like, "Come on, yeah." <laughs> and just like the little line where he's like, uh, "Oh, watch out, Juliet," or whatever. They're like, yeah. oh, "The monkeys are <laughs> run, <missing."> Juliet." <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> it's really good. So uh, good. But it is hard to to watch this and like enjoy the lightheartedness because you know where it's going to end. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still trying to. You know, be like, uh, it's okay until they're like, yeah, let's hypnotize Buffy so we can rape her. Anyway. Uh, yeah, but they in this moment, that down. they were fun. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. did. They, did. they sure did. Uh, Buffy. <laughs> Buffy had to do the obligatory, we have a gun on this show, so we have to say don't ever use guns. Uh, but then decided to throw a loaded gun, and it went off. <laughs> no. And there's like no, no follow-up. Who knows who was hurt? <laughs> there's like... <laughs> Buffy, that's a terrible reaction. They're like, this, you don't need it. (laughs) Especially where we're going to end up with stray bullets in this season. Very cavalier. Gosh. Oh, God. Ooh. Copper's got a gun. I never use it, though, man. Well, so. Um, I'd like to draw everyone's attention to the quote-unquote loan officer that we meet in this episode, who I think is a knockoff version of Colin Robinson. Like, he's oh, just yeah. giving me oh, full, yeah. full um, 
energy vampire vibes. And he was like, oh, your house isn't fully leveraged. And I was like, good. Why are you saying that like it's a bad thing? I'm like literally looking it up like I I think I understand what that means, which is it doesn't have a higher debt to equity ratio. So it has less debt than equity. And he was like, that's bad. Yeah. Um, I definitely knew what, what that meant because I, I, uh, I co-own a, a full house, but I'm glad house. that you explained there that for everyone else house. who might not know, uh, what that meant. Cause it when you said fully leveraged, I was like, sense. I don't know. Fully what you should have said house. is you're not a good investment cause you don't have a job. So there's yes. no way you yeah. can pay us back. Could have yes. led with the job thing. Really could have led with the non-competitive rates. I mean, honestly, you don't need, come on, just think about this. <laughs> it was Bedside just like, manner. Absurd. He's clearly an energy vampire, though. I'm sorry. I believe now in the Buffy universe, they exist. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I like that you're like, <laughs> loan officer, heavy quote. Quote, unquote, <laughs> loan officer. You know he just went back into the break room and he was like, let me tell you a really boring story to his co-worker. Well, I also wonder, like, he did deny her after this. Like, what mm-hmm. that, how did that conversation go? It's like, hello, I just <laughs> saved your life. And it's like, no. sorry, man. Go. Like, what did I have to say no? <laughs> like, but I guess he would, right? Because he is just yeah. a cog in the machine. It doesn't Policy. matter what he, she Policy, does or doesn't yeah. do. Yeah. But we're on, while we're on this, what is the loan for? Just a, like the way to pay off the immediate debt? Is, and she's like, I'll figure it out later. But if she doesn't have yeah. a job, which is why she can't get the loan in the first place, what's the plan? Yeah. She's well, trying to get, get the get pipes it with, like, fixed now. Oh, I guess it's just for the pipes. Yeah, okay. That yeah. makes a lot It of could sense. be for all of it, though, just to have some loan yeah. cash to then pay with. But yeah, I mean, she's not really paying interest, if you will, on these on these uh, bills necessarily. I mean, I'm sure she could call and be like, hey, my mom died. And it's like, okay, cool. We'll let some go. But <laughs> okay, you got to cool. think. <laughs> what, <laughs> you got to think that the interest, right? Uh, depending on how far back she is on the bills, which I'm sure the show would say she's catastrophically behind. So she would almost take a loan with interest, pay the interest because it would be cheaper than paying the back fees and whatever from these stupid companies that are billing you or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. you know, but again, they don't wade into that. Thank God, because that's too much. Daniel, I think it's Daniel's turn. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Why are you Um, sorry? That was a great round. This is what this it is was, all about. That, that was great. Uh, well, just to keep with that fight scene, fight scene was awesome. Um, the skirt thing, as I said before, was really funny. Uh, they telegraphed the stupid skirt before we even got there, which was awesome. Uh, those, those are the best Buffy moments when they do that. And I also found it funny in, again, the best fight scenes are the ones that have other people in it. This one was excellent. There were people like huddled up against the wall. There was one person gripping like the edge of a door, but never going out of the door. People just like <laughs> standing up against the vending machine or the ATM, you know, and it's like no one's doing anything. And they're all just like there while like, I mean, just look at this. Look at it. Like the cop is dead on the ground and like this guy's cowering in the corner. Like, look at these guys. Like. <laughs> they're just NPCs. Like they're not real. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, it just speaks to the trauma of Sunnydale where it's like, this is normal. And like, yep. we can literally go about our normal everyday business of denying this woman alone. Even though a cop is dead, <laughs> the whole building is smashed to shit. It doesn't matter. It's wild. Yeah. They are really just like there to make visual noise for the scene. <laughs> that no one's actually has any kind of And actually whatsoever. one guy after the cop shot and Buffy was doing her thing, the other people there, like, all of a sudden became active, and they all, like, fought off the demon guy. Like, a guy charged him, and they well, started fighting Buffy up the stakes when like, she threw a loaded gun, and it went off. <laughs> was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> she can't be trusted, man. Get the fuck oh, out. Oh, my God. Uh, so Warren just has Buffy's name and address and phone number on a piece of paper in his pocket. Weird. <laughs> Creepy. Weird. I mean, he is a creepoid, and they are, like, trying to, I guess, theoretically plot against her, but, like... I don't know, man. You just have that. Here you go, sir. 
go kill her, please. The thing that I thought was really weird with that was the demon didn't come asking for her address. The demon came asking for her head. And since the demon has already fought Buffy and lost, you don't think that he'd just be like, oh, yeah, the address, that's just as good. I'll go kill her this time. Yeah, that is a good point. (laughs) Well, I guess but I mean, it kind of wasn't that fair, you know. I mean, they all—all all the demons make that mistake, though. They're like, ah, "I ran into the Slayer," and it's like, "Well, here's where she is. All right, I'll take her. I could beat her this time." But he already fought her once and failed. And if yeah. all he wanted was for her to be dead, but do you I think, think those he guys wouldn't could do be it? like, "Oh, yeah, I'll take your address." Well, maybe. Okay, so the whole thing was he was hired by them to rob the bank. Mm-hmm. That's all it was, and as payment, they were going to give—they were going to kill Buffy for him. But then they didn't. And he was just okay with it. Yeah, you're right. Interesting. Oh, well, who cares? I just wrote, and I don't know why, but I have this deep feeling that that Warren should have been played by Will Wheaton. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Accepting any comments. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take my answer off the air. Thanks. Uh, Yeah, no, I think that that totally tracks. That would work. For sure. For sure. To go back to the trio, were they playing Goldeneye? I mean, they weren't playing it. Were they watching Twitch? Like, what was going on there? See, I would... Okay, I was gonna just let it go because I was like, "This, why? This, who was playing this? Who was playing this? Uh, it's not Goldeneye. Uh, Warren is holding when he has the goggles on. He's holding a PlayStation controller, a PS2 controller, uh, and that's not Goldeneye. But okay, this is pre YouTube. This is pre Twitch. This is pre anything like that. That was a joke. Um, uh, yes, but but the thing that it could have been is sometimes games when they first loaded, they would do a demo. But this is not that, because the thing that is playing this game is clearly interacting with the world around it. So someone off-screen is playing this game. Maybe it's Mifashnik while he's talking to them. He's got the PlayStation controller we just don't see. But I think it might be, like, SOCOM or Splinter Cell or uh, any of these, like, the espionage type games that I never played. It's not Metal Gear Solid, uh, but, yeah, it's not GoldenEye. So I I was wondering if maybe you figured it out, but, yeah. Mm. I didn't look it up. I I mean, I just... I just thought it was funny that it kept mm-hmm. going. Like, I mean, when you first see the scene, I was like, oh, it's paused. There's writing on it. Right. It's whatever. And then it just keeps going. You're like, what the fuck? And they do the same thing with the Periscope later where you see the woman in the bikini or whatever. And it's like, what? You're just looking at her mm-hmm. mom. Like, what What are we doing here? So <laughs> it's clearly, I, now I, I get the bad feeling where it's just going to be weird gags like this all season with them. Just this type of bullshit is going to happen with them. They're nerds. Because they're technology guys. Did you Yeah, mean? they love to do they're stuff. Nerds. So we're just going to see a bunch of video games playing in themselves. Which is what nerds love to do. I mean, honestly, people do watch people play video games all the time now. But no one's playing this video game. How is this happening? No one's playing it. They're not even watching it. It's just going. Okay. You ever try mixing parts of every cereal you got in one bowl? Does it work? Going to find out. Have you ever mixed (laughs) a bunch of cereals together? Mm, A little bit of every cereal that you have together? Nope. Uh... Would the follow-up question to that, if someone asked you, be, does it work? Um, what does that mean? Does it work? <laughs> what does that mean? Make you go to sleep? I mean, it wouldn't make you go to sleep because it would give you a sugar. I'm guessing it sure. means, does it taste good? Okay. Does it I taste see. good? But you're saying, does it work? Like, yes, it, of course, you, you can pour cereal in a bowl it. and yeah. put milk on it. You could definitely <laughs> eat it. It would it work, work that way. <laughs> it hasn't become poison. It is still cereal. Uh, Warren calls Jonathan Winathan. Yes. I'd never noticed that before. It's. I mean, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, is Andrew gay on the show or just in real life? Uh, so it's never confirmed. Um, I mean, it's it's clear that he like as the show evolves. Well, so in the next episode, they're going to make an, a joke because um, 
Andrew's like, oh, don't make me touch Jonathan. I'm not gay or whatever. He doesn't say that, but like that's the the gist of it. And then Warren goes, well, you know what homophobia really says about you? And it's like, ha ha, Andrew's gay. Uh, but then like it, it, they kind of make it clear that Andrew is kind of in love with Warren a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, and right, then he like. It has like lusty eyes for dudes, I think, throughout. But then I think maybe in the comics, he is canonically gay. Like he, yeah, he comes out or something. Like he, he says something to somebody. But I don't know. Yeah, but it never, it's definitely never explicitly said during the course of the television series. Gotcha. Well, anyways, the Christina Ricci sex doll is definitely, oh, yeah. um, troubling. It's that. it's jarring when you hear it because you're like, mm, what? That's a real person. Sir? That's mm-hmm. a real person in this mm-hmm. real world that yeah. interacts with Sarah Michelle Geller, and they probably know one another. Yeah. And they're just throwing her name out in this television show, or <laughs> we think, or we say that she doesn't exist. Come on, get out of here. Shut up, Andrew. You're just mad. I wouldn't build you, Christina Ricci. I know that Spike's a bad guy, but I think we've gone over to the. You know, Spike's not a bad guy anymore. How dare he flick a cigarette at Buffy's? Fucking feet. That's not very nice. And that wasn't a very good one, so I'm going to go to my next one. Um, (laughs) Why the basement? Why does Buffy want to get the the demon in the basement? He already broke the kitchen door that leads to the backyard. Throw the fucker outside. Like, your basement, even though it's in two feet of standing water because the plumber (laughs) you got was fucking Tito, the discount goddamn plumber, courtesy of Xander Harris. But, like... You could still break shit down there. You still have shit down there. Why the fuck? Clearly, he broke shit. He broke the pipe. He broke the copper pipe? Immediately. (laughs) Fucking immediately. So why did you not shove his ass outside of the door that was just broken? Yeah. I kind of thought she was going to drown him, but then she didn't. Nope. She just bashed inside him with a pipe. Yeah. (laughs) It's just kind of awesome. (laughs) I mean, it was like literally the first and only time she's like, I've got a clear plan on where this fight's going. Spike, get out of my way. Yes. And where it's going is... Into more of my house so that I can keep destroying it. Deeper into my house. I want to be in the water. <sighs> oh. Did you know this place was flooded? You know, we keep quoting uh, Giles saying, like, you rank arrogant amateur. But another line that I loved in that scene was at the very beginning when he quietly says, you're a very stupid girl. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and even her puts on her spoon. She's like, what? what? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I think what you said was you're an amazing witch. I can't believe you were able to pull you're this so off. Smart. But your you're tone so was something that was like, <laughs> like you said something mean. And I don't really understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not processing. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, we talked about the D and D thing. But Kelly, since you're a D and D master, what what kind of class do you think the three of them? Oh God. Who would they play as? Oh God. Uh, I think. Andrew's definitely got to be a bard if there's any kind of justice in the world. That's true. Um, I think that that Jonathan, I mean, I don't want to go with like, you know, a gnome paladin just because he's a small guy. But, you know, I feel like he could do like a paladin type thing. I don't think that he'd be a cleric. And then Warren would definitely be like oh, a wizard, <laughs> like, uh, like a dragonborn wizard guy or like some nice. like or maybe even just a ranger, like a ranger assassin kind of kind of. Nice. D-bag or a tiefling. He would be a tiefling. They're like demons. Uh, a tiefling. Yeah, tiefling uh, rogue. I, th- I say tiefling rogue. Final answer. And that's been your D&D podcast. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Is it my turn? I don't have any more. It is your turn. Stacia? <laughs> my last one is uh, Buffy says, Yamook. And I was like, what are you, a 1920s gangster? Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> You're a real mook. He's a real lame brain, He's a see? a real mook. <laughs> Well, get ready to hear Mook again because you guys probably know what time it is. Hey, ain't you that Buffy Summers who we interrogated (laughs) over the mysterious death of your mother's boyfriend? 
who took a witness statement on those dead kids that even I can't remember? And eerily, and maybe this was just me, yelled freeze at you once before as you were fleeing the library after the murder of your friend? And Hughes had punched and flipped me over on the back earlier that day for resisting arrest in front of your principal? The one that got eaten by the snake. Jesus, that one really got away from me. Maybe that was me that fired his weapon while you was robbing that sporting goods store on Devro three years ago. Wasn't that you that I heard about? Drunk, assaulting sexual partners with a rubber stick? Wasn't that you I saw pass into the inactive crime scene to look at the mutilated corpse of a body killed by, what's that mook's name? Yeah, that's right, Adam. And my twice, my cousin twice removed on my ex-wife's side said that he saws you when you went into the military coalition. Sorry, when you were in that military. Oh, Jesus, how do I say this? Uh, that Hughes was in that military coalition of former Initiative plus FBI CIA traipsing around them woods looking for that extraterrestrial bug that was later found in your home with a kitchen knife stabbed in its back. I mean, I yelled at you for my smoldering cop car when them bikers attack. You just walking down the road without a care in the world. And now you insult my shooting and the efficacy of my firearms as I defended the fine people of Sunnydale security against a man in elaborate costume calling himself McFashnick or something. Oh. I like to take on another, uh, oh, my, uh, dizzy, dizzy. <laughs> get, get possessed. Takes a lot oh, out of you. Man. Oh, man. Incredible. Oh, God. Oh. It's been far too long. It's been too long. That was amazing. It's so long. My only hope is that we have so many more police in the show. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I think we should just end the show. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> it's all downhill from here, guys. Uh, <laughs> we do need a uh, update on the watches. Stacia pointed out a couple, yeah. so I hope you're on your game. Mm. I hope so too. So Xander Construction Outfit watch, no, but Tito. So <laughs> no we need to Tito. celebrate Tito. <laughs> uh, and at the end, Xander is holding just a hammer, looking as he backwards. says for four hours at <gasps> uh, backwards at a piece of uh, wood. I mean, he hadn't done anything to no. it. And just oh my god, it, so. I didn't write that down, but I was so mad at that whole thing. That coffee table was fine. That leg he was holding, that's solid fucking wood. Oh, yeah. sorry. In a world where we have nothing but fly pack fucking furniture now, that was once a nice fucking coffee table. And your ineptitude at your carpentry skills is not the fault of that goddamn table, okay? It was broken beyond repair. Fair enough. But those legs could have been salvaged and put on another I have table. The same thought. Also, he's holding a hammer backwards with no nails, and he's like, I can't fix this. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't, Xander. <laughs> he needs the clothes. The yes, clothes yes. make the man. So Next that's episode. why he's struggling here. Oh, good, good. Maroon jacket watch slash Anya belt alert. I don't. I didn't actually look at anything about the belt. I forgot that was. But a um, but McFashnick is wearing the the jacket in this episode. Yes, he's wearing like a maroon leather yes. shirt. I hate that. Yes. I so hate I, that. I did notice. Thank you. I hate amazing. that we're talking about that because I thought about that and I was like, that's not a jacket. It's not a jacket. We're not going to talk about no. this. Counts and it's happening. It's happening. Dawn's piercing screams. Yes. Absolutely. Jesus Christ. Yes. yes incredibly loud chips ahoy yes Yes. spike offers to take everybody out even though it would be very painful for sure uh willow's becoming too powerful a yes uh willow (laughs) like we said uh tells buffy that anger is a big powerful emotion uh which we will come to know describing the events to giles dunking on the blair witch out of nowhere (laughs) like she's better than the blair witch pretty fucked up uh they're the they're the bad guys i'm not the bad guy screams bad guy energy and then you know don't piss me off right i mean 
pretty fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yes, for sure. I wasn't lucky. I was amazing. And how would you know? You weren't even there. If I had been, I'd have bloody well stopped you. The magics you channeled are more ferocious and primal than anything you can hope to understand. And you are lucky to be alive, you rank, arrogant amateur. You're right. The magics I used are very powerful. I'm very powerful. And maybe it's not such a good idea for you to piss me off. Buffy has a personality. No, despite seeing business Buffy, um, she still really just wants to like drop everything and go. Although, so like kind of the same. She does have that weird moment of like, like, I don't know, beat poet where she's like, money is just nothing but paper that bureaucrats push around. Or whatever. Like, what the fuck sure, was that? That's true. Where does that come from? <laughs> yeah. What has she been reading? I don't know. Her and Dawn have both been yeah. reading subversive literature. We don't we don't know. Uh, nobody will be shocked by this one. DeHoffer and Watcher, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Taryn Willow on the pot again. Taryn Willow, not really in the episode. Definitely not Tara. I mean, Willow, for sure. But Tara, and, and Willow was just all business, mm. you know. So uh, really just Tara seemed on edge for everything about money, which implies to me that they spent a lot of money on some really good marijuana. I mean. And they don't want to, like. You know, talk about Tara it. and Dawn did have a really touching moment when Dawn was like, I'll just get something to eat at school. And Tara looked at her like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> You will. You will. Because I, I, yeah. the pancakes, that was a one-time deal. I know I like to try to pretend that I do that for you every morning, but we both know if you don't get food at school, you're not eating today. So good luck. Good luck. Good luck. And then just like her being the gatekeeper to Dawn's knowledge. Like, I just don't know. I don't think anyone po- cared. But no. Tara, like, all of a sudden is like, I have to try to care for whatever feeling she Tara's her mom her now. Know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, but it, nobody asked her to be the mom. That's in her brain. That's in her brain. <laughs> she stepped up because no one else would do it. Well, t- fucking Willow definitely will not do that. Exactly. Um, no, uh, Michael Wicke, Amy Gothwatch, at least it's implied, yes. I mean, Jonathan talking about him doing that spell. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's sort of like, yeah, that's right. You sort of can do this kind of thing. Uh, Buffy charging $1 for everybody that asks if she's okay. Now, yes, <gasps> right. she's plus $1. Yes. She's now at $2. Giles asked her straight up, mm-hmm. is she okay? And you could even go, nobody asked her, but her even commenting on to Spike about everybody says, you know, tr- trying to be okay mm. so they don't worry, you know, so... But she only has two dollars so far, so not looking right. great. She's on pace That's for that's not going to pay for those episodes. pipes. <laughs> yeah, no, it ain't going to pay for the pipe. No, not enough. Books a million, yeah, lots of books. Probably the most books we've seen in a long time, including a whole paragraph um, for our little demon guy. Um, oh yeah, Don wants to research. Obviously, getting pushed back from Tara, but yeah, the first time we've seen that. Streets ahead, no, but uh, Warren's house is new. You know, mm-hmm. I guess the, the bank is new. Like so, again, some yeah, new locations, that's true. but. No streets. And about Giles Biggest KO, yes. Physically, Mafashnik, right? That's how you say it? Mafashnik? Mm-hmm. Um, pushes him through the banister and the stairs, which was awesome. And emotionally, it was probably when Buffy uh, asked him if he's miserable or just British. Or <laughs> bailing on him at the very end. So, yeah. So, yeah, a lot yeah. of yeses this, this week. Giles got, Giles got very thrashed in this episode. It's his last knocking unconscious. And, yeah, the Buffy recoiling from his touch. Not... I mean, well, I guess she didn't. She just did not let walked the moment away. happen. Yeah, yeah she walked yeah. away. Well, wow. thank you very much. Uh, mm-hmm. You you definitely got them all. You got them all. And I forgot about Buffy's bank account and uh, charging people too. for a dollar. So that's great. I really hope that she gets those numbers up so that she doesn't have to work in a fast food place. So <laughs> I think it is about time that we rank this sucker. Now, 
Giles coming back really throws a wrench in my game, but I'm all too happy to bring him back into the rankings. So anytime he's here, we're going to have to do it, and I'm not mad about it. Uh, but first, Willow Hacks slash we talk about the net slash on the wicker this way comes. No. Even the idea of bringing up a locator spell, Giles shoots an angry look, and we get oh, no magic this episode. That could episode. have been so nice. Locate all the money stolen from the bank. We could have solved our problems right there. So, yeah, okay. I had a question about that. So we're going to obviously build on this the rest of this season. Is it that we don't want her to use magic at all? I mean, and it, it gets to that point, really, you know, because she becomes an addict and she just can't do it. Otherwise, she goes off the deep end, whatever. Yeah. But... Or just the way we want her to do it responsibly, right? I don't think anyone at this point is asking her not to do it. So it's interesting that Giles was like, no. I mean, clearly they had a moment and he's just mad at her. But, like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's been multiple moments that we've watched the show where we're like, you're a fucking witch. Use your goddamn witch powers. Why are we using your fucking witch powers? So I, I don't know. I felt it was a little weird. But I guess it's just because we're all upset. So we just need to chill. Anyway, five. Because nothing happened. And that's how ranking works. You don't get a zero for nothing happening. You get a five. <laughs> and I mean, there has been very few negative magic or negative this category, you know, like going down to one or zero. But this season is all right for negative magics. Oh, I'm excited. <sighs> Giles, level of Giles, absolutely a 10. The last KO for Giles, he, there was glasses cleaning. There was uh, beautiful Buffy moments, you know, and scolding. There was scolding, which is kind of out out of Giles' character, but we always love when he puts the foot down. So, you know, 10. Dawn needs an adult. I don't think so. Dawn was okay in this episode. A little relegated, too. She wasn't really in it, but she wasn't having any kind of, like, struggles, even though she really should probably be more worried about the fact that her house could be taken away from her any money because someone's been paying the mortgage. But besides that, she seemed totally fine. So I gave her an 8. Monster of the Week, Mifashnik, as I said, is just kind of... He kind of typifies Monster of the Week. He's just there for some dumb reason. I mean, this actually is a pretty good explainer. Other, You know, like, he's a mercenary. These guys hired him. Versus just like, I encountered a demon in the woods, which is, you know, classic Buffy too. But he, the, the makeup's fine. The makeup's like totally competent. It didn't, you know, wasn't anything jarring. Nothing was hanging off of him. Everything looked good. It was painted well enough. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. Seeing a demon in like suit pants and a leather shirt is always a little weird. Um... And he didn't do anything. He didn't kill anyone. He knocked some people down, but that was about it. And, you know, wrecked Buffy's house. So I gave him a four. Uh, relationship relationship goodness or badness? Uh, I gave a six. Giles and Willow, clearly not happy. Buffy and everyone. I mean, she can't she ever really be happy with her friends again when she's lying to them every day about the fact that she was in a beautiful place and now they ruined the rest of her undead life? Uh, you know, except for Spike. Her and Spike are fine. And uh, Xander and Anya on the outs, too, because... Xander is a giant baby. Uh, <laughs> so six for that. Uh, six, wow. <laughs> yeah. Episode specific. I mean, the whole Willow and Giles conversation, obviously, is what makes the episode. But for hopefully one of the last times, because we are certainly beating this very dead horse. Uh, the magics you channeled are more primal and ferocious than you could hope to understand. And you're lucky to be alive, you rank arrogant amateur. Ten out of ten. Because holy shit, who knew he could talk to Willow like that? Who knew Willow could talk to him like that? Not me. Not this guy. Mm-hmm. All right. 43 total for the episode. That puts this at number one for the season. <laughs> oh. And I have no regrets. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Not expecting that. <laughs> okay. So I was thinking uh, before even watching this episode this week that I think I've been like, 
deflating the numbers because I really don't want <laughs> season six to be that good. Sorry, saying this is in science or that, well, well, when I was ranking this, I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna juke this. I'm gonna just see like how I feel in my heart. How do I actually legitimately feel about these aspects of mm. this episode? And it ended up being so fucking high. I still was like, I'm gonna take it down. Just a little bit. <laughs> But, uh, wow. Uh, is, like, is season six? Oh my god, you guys! Is season six good? What are it's we so gonna good. do? It's so good. <laughs> All right. Uh, I love feeling vindicated. <laughs> it's your turn. Okay, I struggled with where to put this because, um, you know, sometimes you just gotta go with your heart. And this isn't one of the ones that I ever think about. Like, I just, I, like, it never comes to mind. I, like, we talked about there's some really great scenes, and overall this season I've really been enjoying sort of, like, Willow's descent into the darkness. Um, that being said, I didn't place it all that high, but I I wonder if I still put it too high? I don't know. Anyways, I put it at 58 out of 104, so it's below Faith, Hope, and Trick and Beer Bad. <laughs> and it's above Checkpoint and Surprise. Okay. And then it's uh, the third out of four for the season. Dang, above Checkpoint. That's rough. Yeah. I was the only one that likes that episode, I feel like, though. But Yeah, I don't really like that episode. Okay, yeah, fair, enough, fair enough. I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I feel so positive towards the earlier seasons that I'm, like, looking at my list and I'm like, oh, bad egg should have been higher. <laughs> <laughs> Regrets. I Regrets. only have eyes for you should have been higher. <laughs> oh yeah, and then where's Dark Age is above it's, this? Uh forty nine yards above this. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. was I was originally <laughs> gonna rank this one at forty four instead of fifty eight. Um which would have put it right below Buffy versus Dracula and above Earshot, which somehow felt right. With the Jonathan Jonathan parallel, yeah. but uh, I was like, I don't know, it's not better than I only have eyes for you. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's Down the exact problem that I had. Yeah. 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 No, I just I found I was just kind of looking for a spot, and I ran into Beer Bad, and I was like, this isn't as good as Beer Bad, so it has to go <laughs> below that. And everyone that you said, uh, I have Beer Bad at 77, Faith, Hope, and Trick at 78. I have Checkpoint at 76, so one above Beer Bad. I only have eyes for you is 72. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. So it's actually number 80, 80 out of 137. Uh, but it's like, that might be a little unkind. I had a great time talking about it. And I actually do like it a lot more just because of our conversation. But I got to put it somewhere. Uh, so Beauty and the Beast is technically one above it. And Intervention is the next one at 82 below it. And I don't even remember Intervention. So, And it was also all worth it for you to bring up Beauty and the Beast so we can remember Screepy Pete. Um, <laughs> Why would you do that to us? <laughs> I forgot about Screepy Pete, but yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, I think that's, you know, I'm going to, this will be a regret. <laughs> I don't think it will be. I've got good feelings now. I'm, I'm going to remember this one because of your, you know, insistence on it hello screen wipe new scene but before we get to the rest of the season <laughs> we have to bid farewell to this episode unless they should have anything else to say about flooded uh me 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 because pipes because plumbers because mario uh daniel do you have anything else to say about this episode i have no final thoughts on this episode no oh i guess i do have one. Oh jesus I never remember that the whole Willow and Giles scene happens in this episode, but that's such a memorable scene. So it's interesting to have all these moments mm. in these episodes. And like even last week with Afterlife where um, Spike and Buffy confessing that she was in heaven. Totally thought that was way later. Like didn't understand where that was. So it's it's cool to watch this not in a binge mode so you can really 
put things where they belong. Mm-hmm. And yeah, flooded. Number one. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> anyway, uh, please join us next time for Life Serial, which I remember being a really fun episode. We'll see if, in fact, it is. Maybe it's so fun, it supplants this masterpiece of an episode. We will see. (laughs) But until then, Stacia, say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel, say goodbye. You do podcasting now? Want a cappuccino and a pack of cigarettes to go with it? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, cigarettes and podcast. No. Just say no. Is that what you say to cigarettes? Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. There are things I will not tolerate. Students loitering on campus after school. Horrible murders with hearts being removed. And also smoking. Sir, you know, the last I checked, the authorities also frown on bank robbery too. Genius. I'm guessing on how you say it. It's got an apostrophe. I think it's mm, fashion. Like, mm, cookies. Well, what would Toll House cookies be without the chocolate chips? A pretty darn big disappointment, I can tell you. <laughs> Open your present. Hello, screen wipe, new scene.